0: welcome once again to the Ninja catholic podcast having a chat with reverend alex
1: fatima i wanted to be a medical doctor that was what i had in mind some some say i had traces of uh, being father 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 it was not a very easy decision to make whether you want to be a mind, man whatever it is still god calling you it's just that what God is calling you to be is different. I am Reverend Alexander Forty Nine.
0: Welcome once again to the Ninja Catholic Podcast. I hope you're having a very good day. I'm also having a very good day, as men, and I'm sure this podcast will make your day better. Thank you for listening. Thank you for clicking that link. Thank you for subscribing. And to you listening for the first time, this is the Ninja Catholic podcast where we discuss about everything Catholic, with Catholics and about Catholicism. Today with me I'm having a chat with Reverend Alex Fatime, He's a Catholic deacon of the Catholic Diocese of Ondo. He's my friend, he's my brother, he's an enlight, a very a very great man. And I'm delighted to have him on this episode. We've been planning to have this interview for a very long time but because of technical issue, as we know it's a remote interview that has not been able to work out since these days. I myself and As you know, as I said in the last episode, I have a nasal problem with me not being able to breathe in my nose because of catar and it is happening again as usual. Anyway, during the months, some advised me to go have a surgery on the nose but that sounds very weird right? So have a surgery in my nose because of this but then we allow god's will to be done so reverend alex thank you for joining us and before we start as usual it is important it is pertinent that we start with the with the opening prayer reverend alex please lead us
1: all right in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen amen, amen. dear lord we thank you for this opportunity to encounter you through your word, through your teaching. We beg you, Lord, to enlighten our mind and to dispel the shadows of darkness and and ignorance in our minds by your light of truth and grant success to all that we do. We make our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father,
0: Amen thank you for for the prayer reverend so as i was saying earlier reverend alex is, is a very good he's a very good brother to me and i'm very excited that he was able to create time to speak with us today so that we can learn from his wealth of knowledge actually we should have done this episode for a very very long time but <laughs> i don't know would i say the devil has been making us stall uh, once another order has been happening and we've not been able to do it. I think for more than a month now, I remember, we should have done this this episode. So, Reverend Alex is a deacon from the Catholic Diocese of Ondo, And he was ordained, I think, five months, four months ago or thereabout. But I won't do all the introduction. Uh, Reverend, you can you can take the floor. You can do the introduction so that we can know you better and know what you do and your vocation and everything that they
1: all right all right um i am reverend alexander patimani uh of the catholic diocese of hondo yes uh said i was ordained four months ago i'm not yet four months old as a DK. i was ordained uh less than two months ago i was on the 21st of july 2021 so just about two months ago presently i work in the Catholic Church of Saint Patrick, Okay, Maria or Kahacuco. Uh I guess that will suffice as by way of introduction.
0: Yes, that is very accurate. So today we'll be discussing about vocation with Reverend Alex. We have been hearing about vocation, vocation, vocation as Catholics. We've heard about it, countless of times. Let us start from you are a deacon. Who is a deacon and? What do you do? What is your what, what what do you do daily? Do you pray every day or do you just assist the celebrity mass every day? Who is a diky?
1: Okay. Uh well, let me begin this way. In the Catholic Church there are seven sacraments. And um, we know the sacraments are and needless to mention them. Baptism, confirmation, holy grace, penance, um anointing of the sick, holy order matrimony holy order is the sacrament that is related to the sacred priesthood and the sacrament of the holy order there are three levels of the sacrament we have the the, the diaconate the presbyterate and the uh, the episcopate the first level is the diaconate and that's the level where i am now uh as a deacon of course now you before one can become a, a deacon in the catholic church you would have gone through the process the formation process years in the seminary and then you should, would have got some ministries the the ministry of um Aqu- i mean lector and acolytes before you can become a deacon and there are some canonical Criteria and have to be met. But I I don't need to go into that actually too deep. As a deacon, what am I expected to do? Of course, I join in the celebration, assist the priest, celebrant at the the sacred sacrifice of the Holy Mass, The, the daily recitation of the divine office, pray the office. The office of the wedding, the morning prayer that is a the, the midday prayer as a text, sects, or none. Then we have the, the best pass, the evening prayer, and the compliant dinner night prayers. The daily we have recitation of those prayers for the church and reunion with the church. and. For my own intentions too yes so and also the sacraments too as a deacon, i participate celebrate the sacraments the sacraments of baptism uh, matrimony and also communion to the sick not anointing of the sick now but Communion to the sick, was a difference between anointing of the sick and communion to the sick. Anointing of the sick is reserved to a priest, as someone in, in the second level of the, the sacred order, the, presby- the the presbyterate. Because during this sacrament, it also includes the sacrament of penance. Uh, of which I or any deacon doesn't have the faculty to hear confession. So that's why a deacon cannot celebrate the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. That's why anointing, the the sick person may want to have confession. But communion to the sick, we take communion to the sick, pray with them and give them the holy communion. These are some of the sacraments that as a deacon I have the monos the to celebrate. Not on my own, but in the parish, wherever I am in the parish, the parish priest could tell me to, or tell any deacon to go for, go celebrate, because the, it's actually the parish priest who has the monos, who has the, the responsibility to baptize, members for the i mean in the church in the parish because he's the pastor the proper pastor of the church so but he could delegate deacon to do that for the church so these are some of the the, the responsibilities that i as a deacon or any deacon any other, any deacon in the catholic church can be saddled with
0: we know what's Oh, we know where digging is. We know what they do. We know what to do. Now, um, let's let's let me ask this: What's your favorite parts of being an ordained person? What was that favorite thing that that you like in being okay. an ordained person?
1: Well, in truth, this state I am now is a state I have been looking forward to for the past years now, Why I have been, in and we have been studying in the seminary so i've looked forward to being a deacon and carrying out the functions of a deacon so the truth is everything that a deacon does or even a priest does is connected so you can't actually take any in isolation if you talk about the mass yes that's that's of course that's our life because that's where you have, we have the eucharist and the mean Secretar- sacrosanctum concilium teaches us that the the eucharist is the source and summit of all that we have in the church or, or source and summit of our life so that's the mass and if you take the mass you take the divine office everything that we do the sacraments is connected so as a deacon celebrating the sacraments assisting the priest at mass praying the divine office these are several parts of a unified whole so we can't actually take any any in isolation so if you ask me of my my favorite part i would say everything that i do as a deacon is my favorite so Maybe I would, I would rather say being a deacon being a deacon is my favorite. I can't pick up something actually as my favorite. I enjoy everything I do. And that's what I pray for actually. That I never get tired of doing of any of the functions, of any of the responsibilities, both spiritual and physical in the the office.
0: This is also a great idea that everything is connected. And there is no way to to pick out or single out a single function, a single function. So going into vocation, chatting about vocation proper. Okay. As 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 we both know you are a transactional deacon. Yeah, transactional. You are, you are yeah. moving. Yes, you are moving out to be a to be a priest and not a a permanent deacon. Why did you Why did you go into this vocation? Why did you say <laughs> I want to become a priest? What led to that? <laughs> what led to that to that decision? Because it, it, it's a very <laughs> big, big big decision. What led to it? As as a as
1: a. <laughs> That's a big question. You just mentioned now. <laughs> well, well, okay, okay. Really, I mean, being factual and being sincere here now. Ah, it was not a very easy decision to make. No, it wasn't. Well, growing up. Maybe some some say I had traces of uh, being father, father,
0: father.
1: That's my intelligence, well, man. i I, <laughs> I no, it's not even be about be, being intelligent. No, that's not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even close to being intelligent, so forget about that one. But, like, people may say the way you do things, you you do things of the church, you, where you do pray, pray even outside this thing, you know. So, I, I, I mean, I may not agree totally with those, those, but initially, to be to be to be candid initially I didn't, I didn't think of being a priest while i was much much younger i didn't think of being a priest you know i i, I wanted to be well maybe that i mean, people will say that that's the that's the dream of many young young boy or young girl i wanted to be maybe so they that was what i had in mind <laughs> you know actually and i, I thought this oh. in mind so I, I mean i thought of it that I'll, I'll, I'll be a science student and then study, and then become a medical doctor later. So that was what I had in mind. But it's true that, you know, while I was younger too in secondary school, primary and secondary schools, seminarians come around our parish, you know, to work on apostolic experience. Yeah, I can still remember that I get quite close to them, like more than many of my peers. More than many of my parents, I I, I I seem to get closer to those guys. Yeah, my dad was a catechist, so maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean that's one of the reasons I got very close to them. But even more than my siblings too. I, I I seem to get closer to those guys. And but well, I never expressed to any of them then that I wanted to become a priest. No, I didn't. Yeah, one of them may, may ask sometimes, would you want to? Say, so, well, uh, maybe I think. Maybe I wasn't resolved. It was actually much later. Actually much later. That was I think, I think that was just short a short while before my, my senior secondary uh, certificate examinations. Yes. A little I think a little while before then. That it now became a very kind of burdensome or troublesome uh thought within me, like okay, do I want to be a priest? I, would, do I do I, I would, do I want to which one do I even want to do? Because that time I was actually getting to I was becoming a man gradually. No, I was almost getting out of the secondary school. So like okay, where do you want to head to now after your wife and nephew and all this? Where do you want to head to? So it became a really troublesome or or disturbing thought in me. So well, I it took me time and uh, in truth, eh? In truth, what I did it's funny actually, but it's a very funny. It's a, I mean, it's a very funny thing. For me, I wouldn't know yeah. because a particular. I remember a particular afternoon. I had to lock lock up myself in the room. I tried to pray because like, I was kind of confused actually. Praying, I prayed the rosary the little way I could pray, and literally I, I I drew ballots. Literally, that was what I did. I drew ballots and what i did i just <laughs> i wrote medical doctor in one one paper and wrapped it i wrote every father in one paper and i wrapped it and i, I was saying to myself leaving that he was present there, this is what i want to do whatever i pick i wouldn't even give a damn. whatever i pick because I'm, I'm kind of confused right now so whatever i pick is what i'll go for if i succeed fine if i don't well maybe that's your way so i i made up my mind at that point time. I, I, I mean, I wrote the uh, two papers and cutted them on the ground and closed my eyes, you know, and just went, went for one. <laughs> and uh, well, should I providentially, what I picked, I, I, I unwrapped it, and below and behold, I found every And I said, well, mm-hmm. okay, uh. maybe this is what God wants me to be. So from that moment, I started pursuing it. So. And
0: here I am. That that's a very inspiring story. Since I've been listening to vocation talks or discernment programs, I've never heard this. It is very, very, it's very, very nice when we are at that at that junction. So most people are are in stages in their life where they have to discern, where they are at that point where they have to make that decision. How can a person know that God is calling him her to do this? How can I know? God is calling me to the married life god is calling me to, to the priestly life or to the religious life and so on and so forth for okay. you 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 were confused and you, you drew a ballot but for others how can i know the one god is calling me to do and, and some people feel once they are being good it means they are called to religious life they are okay. all called to be good whether religious whether married and so on and so forth so as a person as an individual how can we know what god is calling us to do how can we descend that is what is called discernment yes
1: discernment yes
0: how can we descend what god is really telling us to do
1: okay uh i will i will make reference to I me mean, in answering this question Like i would like to make reference to uh the scenario of um Samuel, you know when he's sleeping and then God called him, and he ran to Eli, like, "You called me, and all those, and all those, and all those." You know, he he felt some someone was calling him, you know, and he went to the person he thought to was calling him, but the person said, "What?" Through the help of uh, Eli, through the help of Eli, he was able to discern to know who it was actually respond, and that was the beginning of his his his. his it's call like it's ministry, so to say. So what I'm driving at, you know, from this call of Samuel in, in, in First Samuel chapter one, one to three, very about is the role of a spiritual director. The role of a spiritual director. I think, you know, as a young as a young man or a young lady, there will be different. Desires. There will be different things you want to be, you want to admire, you want to go after a lot of things. Actually, so there's a need for someone to guide you. You know, if it's in the in the in the secular balance, you may call the person a counselor. But in our in the religious balance, the person is more appropriately called a spiritual director. So it's not just counseling you in the physical in the physical uh, way yes but he's a person who is experienced to an extent spiritually in relationship with god and who has passed through that stage too so he will be teaching with his experience but first i mean foremost first and foremost he will be teaching with the inspiration of the holy spirit guiding him and the experience he has he himself has had so the role of a spiritual director is very germane in, in, in discernment actually it's very very it's very important. So as a young person if you are feeling called, you think you, are, you, are, you think, think God is calling me I think I want to be a priest, a father a brother a brother, a sister you know if you are not sure even if you think you are sure, there's still the need to to discuss this with someone yeah it's you first of it's good to pray first i mean let's let forget that prayer on your own you need really to pray and to try to to talk to god to, to to decipher if really this is what he wants you to do because of course whether you want to be a married man or, or a priest or a sister a nun whatever it is still god calling you it's just that what god is calling you to be is different I, I, I mean catechism the the penny catechism tells us why did god make you to to know him to love him and to serve him in this world and to be happy with him forever in the next so that's actually the the summary of everything we are doing here so whether you are a married man or you are a priest or you are a nun or whatever the goal is to serve god yeah it's just that the, the means may be different we have the same end so the major thing is first to pray to this god to ask him what he actually wants and then to consult a spiritual director. It could be a priest, it could be a nun, it could be, I mean, an experienced man, I mean, an elderly man who, whose life is worth emulating, you know, to seek advice from these persons. Because eventually, even after I did, in my own case, even after I did the prayers and the balloting and do blah, I still consulted a priest but while i was consulting him the difference was that i was consulting him at, like someone who was whose mind was made up already yes yeah, so i was just telling him father i want to go to the center. i was not asking him and eh, i feel like i wanted to eh, can i no i was telling him, i want to so the only thing i was asking him was how can i go you know i told my parents of course they didn't object but at that moment even if they objected i'm not sure i was going to oblige i was not I, I i'm not sure i was going to listen to them but, but of course, there was no. I didn't have too many uh, oppositions. So the point I'm driving at is the role of a spiritual director. Someone to guide you, to guide you through. You know, you feel something, you feel something. Meet those persons. They can help you. Pray about it too. Advise you. Tell you what to do, what not to do. There's no harm in trying actually, because if you feel you, you are called to do this. And you try it, and then you are not able to reach there. I mean, there's no. I mean, try. It. You would have learned something. I mean, someone said it's not. It's not bad to fail. You no, know? even even not even. Bad even to feel. But I mean, no nobody will make yes. reference to that. So
0: even even uh, many people say that even the seminary is a discernment place.
1: It's not a must to finish. Of course, of course, of course, my brother. In the seminary, it is still a process of discernment. Until you are ordained, my brother, you are still discerning. That's the truth. From your first year till the last year in the seminary, it's a discernment process. You are still discerning, as he really called me. Yes, you are learning and doing all those. But you are still discerning because not everybody who gets to the seminary gets ordained some would live on their own volition some will be asked to leave not that they are failures no they are not it's just that god has not called them to that line but god has allowed them to he has allowed them to pass through the process to that level for a reason and many of them bear testimony to that that what they have learned in the seminary stays with them, i mean stay with them the rest of their life they use them wherever they find themselves they stand out so it's a discernment process even while you are there until that moment when hands are laid on you during the ordination mass you are still discerning so it's a long process of discernment actually yes
0: well that is that's very enlightening well i have a couple of friends that uh that are descending the priesthood, they just graduated from the university okay. and they don't know what what next, what next should I do? This would this would enlighten them to know the next step to to take. The next step to take. So, um, what can you say to people considering the vocation okay. and to those who are scared to make any decision?
1: Okay, well. What I would say is that if you feel, or if anyone feels, or maybe I should just say it in the, in the second person directly, like if I'm talking to someone, if you feel an urge or a surge in you that God is calling you to serve Him in one capacity as a priest, as a nun, as a brother, please. Pursue it. You know, we say joke, jokingly, I, I I, tell people jokingly right, lately, I just developed, I don't know where I heard it from, that God, they call you with a busy God call. Right? They off your phone. No, no, off your phone. Answer the call. You know? Something like that. But if you feel any urge in you, any surge like God is calling you, please pursue it. Yes, pursue it. Don't, don't disregard it because you know we have some persons who have early vocations actually yeah some of us have early vocations some of us we 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 were able to i mean by the grace of god we were able to get it i think god was calling me to this line early and then we 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 pursued it there are some who 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 got that lead maybe they didn't get it or they didn't take it very seriously initially and it later dawned on them like guy you know they go anywhere you have to come back here and before they now obliged, maybe, you know, because why in the seminary, you know you find someone who is who, who will graduate at the age of 25, 26, 27, who will graduate from the seminary and will get ordained. But in the same class, you find someone who is 40. Yes. Please. In my class, there's some of my classmates that were graduated together, were already 40 while we were in the final year. Yes, 40. So, I mean, you compare that. While some of us were just in our 20s, while in the seminary, or some were in late 20s, early 30s, someone was already in his 40s. So, if you feel any urge that, I think God is calling me to be a priest, please, pursue it to an next day. Don't feel, uh, what, if, what if I get there and I, and I fail? What if, I get there and I don't be No, don't entertain those yet. That's not time for that. If you feel it, consult a spiritual director and be sure, consult to be to, to just to, to check if it's a genuine uh, urge in you. If if the urge is genuine, you know, because you know some of us who went in the seminary, the truth is some of us went in, even with the wrong notions. There were some of us who saw priests Riding good cars, looking very good, you know. But those were outward shows. Many of us did not really get to know them personally, to know the, the struggles, the challenges they were facing. We just saw them why they come from us, or why they came from us, and we admired them, the vestments, the the their cars, you know, the good life we thought they were living. Yes, some of us went to the seminary with that notion, like, ah, well, I think I want to live well with like this. But until we got there that we got to know, like, guys, nothing there. Yes, and maybe fortunately or fortunately for some, it was getting too late, even though the, the doors or the gates of the seminary are always open 24 7. So you can go out wherever you wanted to go. You could go. Nobody will stop you. They could only advise you to okay, stay well if you you go but there are some who went in i mean with those notions so it's not bad to try it's not bad it's a discernment process like we said before so you are still discerning until so if it if it pleases god you get ordained if if it pleases him too I mean, you, you redirect your your your, your journey to <laughs> somewhere narrowed. else, you know. But at least you have tried. Mm-hmm. You have made the effort. what if you don't try and you just sit back? Um. Yes. It will keep coming back. Why? why what if this is true? What if this is true? What if this is true? Mm-hmm. What if mm-hmm. uh, it keeps haunting you? You know. And I mean, if if if, if, if you don't take care. You you could be an unhappy married man or unhappy married woman if you don't listen to this,
0: you know. Thank you, um, Reverend Alex. And while we're talking um, personally on phone, I I told you I'm, I I was already used to calling you Brother Alex because I knew you before the diaconate ordination. So it, it is kind of weird saying Reverend Alex all the time. It it looks too long. <laughs> but anyway, that's <laughs> that's by the way. So, thank you for creating our time to to come to be with us today. Definitely, there will be a part two of this vocation chat because there are so many other things we want to talk about. We'll talk about the permanent diaconate. You want to be a deacon. You want to also marry. We'll talk about uh, some other discernment uh, problems. And we'll also talk about why you should not be a priest. As you said, some go for reasons that are not meant to be. So, we'll talk about all those. And so it's also something to anticipate but thank you for coming today thank you for creating time out of your busy schedule i i know what you're into and i know what is going on and i can only say thank you thank you thank you i can surely say that the listeners have enjoyed you today and they've gained one or two things before we go i hope you're anticipating your priestly ordination very soon
1: yes i am (laughs) I am, of course.
0: I, I thought you, you once told me that would be probably December time.
1: Well, we really do not know, you know, until the bishop speaks, we do not know. We can only speculate. We speculate, you know, you know, Canonically, you say, uh, it's six months before, before, I mean, six months after after the accommodation admission, unless there's a dispensation by the bishop. So we, we do not know yet. It's not announced, it's nothing is said about it yet, so we can only hope and while we pray along and then do our best in the ministry we, we are in already, you know, so we shouldn't do more of anticipating the priesthood, while we we, we, we lag behind in what we are supposed to do as a deacon, yes. so we will try our best to, to, to be to be the best we can as a deacon, and then when it's time, when it's God's time for ordination into the priesthood, I mean, will gladly embrace it to the glory of god and the last thing please sorry what i mentioned I, I want to clarify something i mentioned the other time that some of us seminarians or priests some of us i mean get into the the, the seminary with some notions you know, notions of uh father the chop well father is looking good and all those. but while we go to the seminary we got to know that those reasons were ephemeral. Those reasons were not really true, you No. Know? And during the process, that's why we said the, the process of studying in the seminary is, is, is a discernment process, actually. So during those process of being in the seminary, those motives that we had before we entered the seminary were purified. And then we, we, we came to realize the real thing, the real deal, as you will say, no, the, the 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 things that are really at stake in being a priest, and then at that moment is when you now decide like, okay, this is the real thing that is involved here, not the the peripheral things I was I was thinking. This is the real thing. Am I willing to continue, even with this that I know now? Some of us would continue. Well, some some few would like. I don't think I'm ready for this, and opt out, and then pursue some other some other uh, parts in life and of course by the grace of god they excel in those parts and um, to still remain friends with both whether we become priests or you don't become priests they I mean, we remain friends and they remain members of the church and they even of course help the church in times in, i mean sometimes when we need them so that i just had to make that clarification that yeah some of us had the the wrong notion but in the process the notions get purified and then we get to know the, the the right reason for this. And then some of us pursue them. Some of us in, in fairness to themselves and, and in fairness to God feel like, I'm not sure I'm going to do well with this. So, the other part which is actually a better one yes, yes. than just continuing into it and then you, you make the best of it. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much too. So, thank you Reverend Alex. Thank you very, very, very much. Don't worry, we're all anticipating your Ordination mm-hmm. together, we'll shut down <laughs> <Catedral Day. laughs> you can just give us the closing prayer.
1: All right, all right, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, amen. amen. We thank you dear Lord for the graces you have uh, granted us today For speaking through us or speaking to us We thank you for always being with us and not leaving us at any moment All that we have said and discussed here today we beg you Lord that the grace of your spirit be upon them Amen. That all of us who have listened to this May be touched by the power of your word and the strength of your spirit and help us in moments of discernment, in moments of our confusions, and in moments when we really need you to guide us through. Amen. We make our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen in the name of the Father, Son, Mother